All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can you see Did you notice? Checked, but the puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. At arm's length. To the line, Hughes scores! You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in at Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans, and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation, delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. 
Ding dong. Use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital D's, all one word, CONVODD. That will get 25% off and free delivery on your first order with the DoorDash app. It does not get much better than that, folks. It simply doesn't. My name is Dave Gugelli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Uh, We're here to talk about the Vancouver Canucks. Did I not have my mic on? No, you're, uh, that's my fault. I had your mic off. Wow. You know, Chris is having an off day today, it seems, because uh, he didn't just verbally berate producer Alex, because apparently for the first 10 no, seconds that's... of the show, I uh, didn't have my mic on. No, that's Alex. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's not Alex. That's on me. I didn't have your mic on. I uh, The audio connection here, it's, you... been, a bu- it's been a busy it's morning. It's been a busy morning. It has been. And but I've got my Cups. EP40 shirt on. I'm feeling good. Yep. Talk to Pedersen today again. Um, yes. We're going to see some changes to the lineup tonight, but uh, I think there's some other stories we want to get to well, before go, we get to the game. And shout go, out, to, uh, listen, I'm going to talk to the folks at Ghost. We got to work out a deal because I I love these things, but they're only available in the States. So maybe they don't want to sponsor a Canadian hockey podcast since they're not available in, uh, in you, Canada. You're, they're available to you. Yeah, well, that's that will be the pitch. That'll be the ad. It's, like, <laughs> it's worth driving down uh, and crossing the border for, which, by the way, I should get pretty soon my passport. Uh, oh geez, that's a, coming to an end. Well, I had a call with the government of Canada, and I gave them the same. It's it's me again. It's me against the higher ups once again. But now I'm fighting with the government. <laughs> they'll get my passport back, and they told me on Tuesday it'll be here this week. Be here this week. And that was last week. Haven't heard from them since, so I'm not expecting anything to come here soon. But. Low expectations. Wait, wait a second. You're, you're you're telling me you're the only one in Canada who could get these. Yeah, I, right now my fian- I send my fiance down across the border. She goes well, and picks him up. Here's the thing, and and you don't see the business opportunity here. It's <laughs> a good point. Well, you know what? Actually, they have these. Do you guys have these? What are they called? Bodegas? These uh, fancy oh, yeah, snack yeah, yeah, places? Yeah. Alex, I don't know if you have these out uh, out east there, but here in Vancouver, I'm sure you guys. Oh do. yeah. But yeah, like they're those are blowing up lately. And these energy drinks, you know what they're selling for? These ghost energy drinks. They got them at uh, like the Dank Marts and the stuff like that. We got one in uh, yeah. Coquitlam now. They're the, selling for nine ninety nine at those shops. So shout I, out, I should undercut them seven ninety nine. Yeah, Tri City Snack Mart. Quick shout out to them uh, in Coquitlam. There, this Nop is says one I, of the best promos you guys have ever done. I think for yeah. a company that doesn't. Hey, we we also missed DoorDash because we weren't live yet. Uh, promo code oh, ConvoDD yeah. over at DoorDash is going to get you twenty five percent off and free delivery. They are our presenting sponsor. They actually pay us money to talk about them. So they're good folks should. over there at the DoorDash. Yeah. I I'll be honest. I haven't, uh, I've been leaning off the, I think it's because it's December. I'm trying to save a little bit of money. I haven't been uh, up to my DoorDash ways of late. My fiance is probably listening right now. So yes, I have not ordered McDonald's in the last two weeks. Just so you know. I'm getting after it with a pizza tonight. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, courtesy of our friends uh, over at DoorDash. Okay. You know what else I saw two shows? DoorDash. I saw this on the app. Because listen, I'm still scrolling. I'm just not ordering anything, but I'm still scrolling, <laughs> doing my scrolling because like I, just I get to look. that edge. Like that's. Because you know how like when you're on Netflix and you're looking through everything and it's always like really annoying when you like can't pick something. It to me it's the opposite on DoorDash. I'm always like, oh look at that, look at this, look at this food, look at this food. Maybe I'll get this food. But the other day I was looking at it and New York fries has a thing on DoorDash where you can order everything separately. So they'll send you the fries in a box. They'll send you the gravy on the side. Because think oh. about it, if you were to order a poutine, yeah, listen, that's one of the downfalls of like of hey. DoorDash is. It comes in and it's a little sloppy and it's a little kind of uh, just like the fries are a little, you know, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? No, I, I get what you mean. The, the, you soggy. Know, okay, that's what I'm think saying. Of, think of it like this. If you made a poutine, you wouldn't let it sit. Right. Right. So so here's the thing. You know, you go to these places. I ordered from another place. I can't remember what it was called. No free ads. But DoorDash. I ordered for it was on DoorDash. I'm trying to remember the name of the restaurant. I couldn't. But they did this. They like. 
They sent the poutine, and I got it, and it had a little extra thing of gravy. Because the cheese curds can go on. Cheese curds aren't going to make anything soggy. No, you like those to melt a little bit. Yeah, you want those to melt a little bit, but those aren't enough to make the fries, like, soggy. And then you add the hot gravy or whatever. In fact, they included a thing that said, put put this uh, thing of gravy in the microwave for 15 seconds. Oh. Yeah, and there was instructions. I I was impressed. I, I can't remember the name, but I got it uh, on DoorDash. Okay, we've wasted well, enough time. Sam, Sam Wilson saying that I'm not giving a great DoorDash review. That's this is what I'm saying. You get the poutines. I got the DoorDash specials now. Go you to DoorDash. DoorDash. Um, okay, we wasted use DoorDash enough. Listen, we've wasted too much time. It's the first five minutes. I'm gonna have to shut off your mic already. No, I didn't want to shut have to yours do this. off. I can do it again. <laughs> you did. Actually. Now that I know that I actually have control of your mic, I've completely forgot. Now I do. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, okay. So thank you, Alex. You were at Canucks Morning Skate Day. Like, like, where do you want to start, Chris? Because Brock look, Besser, we're starting there. We have to start there, right? Like, we have to start with Brock Besser, and, and I want to get the timeline of events right because there's been a lot of you know, misconceptions. And I think people are just a little bit confused about the actual timeline. I've seen a lot of people come out and say, and by the way, this is not what has happened, but I've seen this a lot of people saying Brock Besser has requested a trade. Exactly. That has not happened. I'll let you take it from there. Okay. So I'll I'll give you the timeline folks. I'll break it down. So on Saturday night, Elliot Friedman on the 32 thoughts segment on hockey night in Canada brings out the report that Brock Bester's agent, Ben Hankinson, has been given permission to talk to other teams to help facilitate a trade for his client, Brock Besser, from the Vancouver Canucks. Now, this obviously made people think, well, Brock wants out, Brock wants out. Thomas Drance and Rick Dollywall, the athletic reporting over the weekend, that these conversations of let's do what's best for Brock and figure out if there's a future for him here in Vancouver or if it's somewhere else, those conversations dated back to before Besser signed his three-year extension uh, with an annual average value north of $6 million, uh, this past offseason. Those conversations have been happening since then. Now, season starts. They've got Andre Kuzmenko. They've got Ilya Mikheyev. That was the best line in hockey for a Decent stretch there. Two weeks. Brock Besser found himself on the outside looking in immediately out of training camp, a season where he said he had 30 goal aspirations and that this was the year he was going to hit 30 goals. Hey, look, you look at his rates. He scored at a 30 goal pace every single season he's played in the NHL. He's never actually done it because he's always had injury problems. Gets hand surgery right out of surgery. He's not able to play right out of training camp. Uh, I don't want to say he rushed back, but he came back earlier than was originally anticipated. Uh, doesn't play well. Reopens the scar on his hand uh, from his surgery and has to go uh, back on the IR. Comes back from IR. Has like a, what was it, nine-game point streak that it got up to? Something like that. Little two-goal performance in there as well. You love to see it. Was good when he came back. Well, he was all right. I'd say the points are a little bit misleading there. I don't. I wouldn't characterize all his performances there he as great. He wasn't back to being Brock Besser. Yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't shooting. A lot of those were assists. A lot of those were secondary assists. Still playing well enough. I, I get it. But comes back after that. Um, after reopening his his uh, scar or whatever. Doesn't look like himself, even though he's putting up some points. He's got 15 points through 19 games on the year at the time of this recording. Saturday night rolls along, and again. Uh, you wrote about this in the Monday mailbag over at Canucks Army. Has the worst defensive metric, metrics of any forward in the NHL right now. Yeah, he's not benefiting from great goaltending on the ice in front of him as well. But if you take that out of the uh, out of the scenario here for him not having great defensive numbers, he's fourth worst in the NHL for expected goals against per 60. And if you're actually just talking about straight up goals, like goals against per 60, no player in the entire NHL has a worse goals against per 60 than Brock Besser. So, yes, there have been some questions about his play defensively, for sure. So, 
this all culminates and becomes a healthy scratch for Brock Besser. Now, Brock wasn't happy about this. Friedman reported this. Uh, that, And again, Besser pointed it at it himself on Saturday. He said, you know, I came in and saw on the whiteboard that, uh, you know, I was going to be a healthy scratch, and it hurt bad. That's what he said. Uh, the full quotes in the scenes from Morning Skate from today uh, against the Montreal Canadiens. But basically what happened is Brock found out he was a healthy scratch by looking at the whiteboard. Uh, Friedman was reporting this part. This wasn't something Brock said, to be clear. Friedman was reporting that Brock was upset about that, that Brock was mad that nobody told him face-to-face. No coach, no, no one from the coaching staff told him that he was a healthy scratch. He just came in, saw it on the whiteboard, and that was that. But, like, again... Um, that's usually how healthy scratches are delivered, right? But again, you would expect, I think, and I think it's safe to say Brock was probably expecting to be told to his face, you know, a guy who hasn't sat since the 2017-18 season. Again, he talked about how he it was a horrible feeling that he never wants to have happen again and how he put the onus on himself. He said, you know, I can't let it happen again. Yeah, I can't imagine the... Listen, Brock talked about it. It was a very emotional day for him. Can you like, circled on his calendar and he that said. yeah, circled on his calendar, but also like coming into the locker room, seeing the lineups on the board, seeing all of the hockey fights, cancer stuff in your locker, yeah. and his like, his see, dad's name on the back of his jersey. Yeah. And then you see, and then you look up to the board, and you're not there. Like, wow that that is that's bigger than hockey to me. And it's like I I get that maybe you could think about scratching Brock Besser for a game from his play. You don't do it in that game. And, and and Bruce said afterwards that he didn't know that it was Hockey Fights Cancer Day. And if we're right. going to take Bruce at his word there, which I'm I'm fine doing. I'm fine sure, doing there, that. Just, there was a lot of purple how stuff much, around the rink though, sure, for days. Sure, like. but how much have we heard about internal communication being absolutely awful with this organization? Right? Yeah, like, how much have we sure. heard about that over the years? Right? Like, from, from players to everybody in between. And all the players talked about how much... You know, they were so happy for him on such a special night yeah. for Brock or such an important night for Brock. And yeah, you brought it up like him having that day circled on his calendar. You know, to steal to steal Bo Horvat's quote, like pretty unacceptable, I think, for the whole situation that played and, out and with him Brock, being a, and Bo didn't say it was unacceptable that they've scratched him. You're just you're no, saying no, that Bo says saying, the I'm word stealing a lot. the quote. Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. It just it have to clarify that. Yeah, it's a very tough it was a tough day. Like and then you you know, on top of that with like the healthy scratch situation with him finally getting into the lineup with Joshua being injured and out of the lineup. And then just like that night is the night where Elliot Friedman reports that his agents going out and talking like what a day for Brock Besser to kind of go through in that situation. Like this isn't a guy who's been in the same spot that Brock Besser has been in throughout his whole career at the Vancouver Canucks. He's not riding shotgun with Elias Pettersson this season. He is tonight, which is, you know, a lot of people are very excited about and they should be, but I, yeah, like, what a day for that guy to deal with. And this is a guy who's been through a lot. I think Brock Besser is an extremely strong human being with what he's had to deal with so much and only being at the age of, what, 25 years old, everything that he's had to go through. Like, what a tremendously strong human to, to go through this. So I don't think this is the thing that's going to break him or anything. But, you know, to, to hear him, like, I don't know, just the way that you hear him talk about, like, I don't want – you know, to let the team down. And I'm just like, I, I just think like, yeah, I get it. Like, that's the thing that a hockey player has to say, but just felt bad for Brock Besser, like having to say that quote about like, you know, I understand why. And I hate letting the team down. It's like, no, dude, you being healthy scratch for that game is not you letting the team down. Right. And he said, he doesn't want to let that happen again. Um, Alex, can we pull up the quote from Boudreaux that I got uh, on Twitter? Uh, just like the photo one before we get to the audio here. Uh, but I just wanted to bring up this one. This is what Boudreaux said uh, when I went to practice on Sunday and was the only media member there. Uh, he said, Wilt, actually, no, I feel bad. Woodley, you know you love Kevin Woodley. I like Kevin Woodley a little bit. 
Um, so he showed up and he was late and they didn't practice. Big hole shenanigan. Him and Harm, they missed media. Uh, but this is what Boudreaux said about Brock Besser on Sunday. He said, we'll talk. We talk all the time. It's just a matter of when I get a hold of him and when I think it's appropriate time. There's no air to clear every game. Every team has a healthy scratch. I've got to believe he was just ours last night. And that's that's. The, are you eating rice again? You're not eating. Yeah. Put the rice away. I'm almost done. Yeah, I can hear it between your teeth pushing around on the no, mic. No, you can't. Yeah, get the mic here. picks it up. No, um, okay, Alex, can we get to the audio here? Actually, we have both audio of um, today. Uh, Brock Besser talking about it um, to see if Bruce and Brock are on the same page. Shout out to Farhan Lalji of uh, TSN asking the same question to Brock Besser and Bruce Boudreaux. You'll hear it here in the quote. Uh, we'll do the Besser one first, Alex, so you can go ahead and... Uh, I'll give you a few seconds to set this up here, but uh, it'll be Besser talking about if him and Bruce are on the same page. Here's Brock Besser talking about it. Do you think the two of you are on the same page? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see why we wouldn't be. Um, you know, the, at the end of the day, all we're trying to do is get wins, and he's trying to get wins, and he's trying to get, push our team to be better, and uh, i got to push myself to be better. And um, I think it's a learning experience, and um, you know, obviously I never want to be put in that position again. And I don't want to, um, you know, let my teammates down. Classy answer from Brock. Yeah, I wonder what he was learning in that uh, learning experience. Yeah, uh, and and okay, because we have to talk about the future of Brock Bester because obviously like, we First, hardly even let's touched. Let's hear the Boudreaux because Boudreaux got asked the same question. I want to hear today. It's quick, yeah. So okay, let's hear let's that hear and then we'll react sure. to that. I'll give Alex uh, seven seconds to get it ready. Alex, <laughs> pressure's on. Listen, I used to be a radio producer myself. I get it. You got it. Takes a few seconds to get to the audio, Alex. You got Bruce Boudreaux uh, talking about it with the same question here. I'll let you run that now. Do you feel that the two of you, you and Brock, are on the same page? I think he's ready to play. A little bit of a different answer. Sorry? Was that really what he said? Bruce Boudreaux said it. Yeah, when asked if they're on the same page, he said, I think he's ready to play. And some. that was it. That was all Boudreaux had to say about them being on the same page. Do you feel that the two of you, you and Brock, are on the same page? I think he's ready to play. But that wasn't the question. It wasn't, no. is Brock ready to play? Yeah, so I, take what you want from that. Yeah, that was, I'm, I'm not going to tell we're people not making how to... Up, you yeah. know, we're not making up uh, our thoughts on the situation. We're playing you the audio that Bruce Boudreaux said when asked if they're on the same page. So take what you want from there. Uh, I think when agents get involved, it makes things a little bit messy for, for coaches, for management. And for I feel like we've time. hardly even talked is. about that. Sure. Like, we've hardly even talked about the fact that the agent's involved and that they're looking for a trade because... Look like oh, sorry, they're helping facilitate a trade. That's why yes. that's the situation. Yes, and Brock hasn't requested a trade per se. He just wants you know the the agent and management are looking you know at the future of the team and seeing that okay maybe sure no the agent's looking out for his client. That's what agents yep. do. Right? But that's what also the, agent is in the team is looking at it and saying hey we need cap space. Our captain we'd like to re-sign him or whatever. Right? Like the organization wants cap space. Right? And they're looking at. Some of the assets that they have that, you know, could maybe get you something on the trade market. Like, keep in mind, and I think it was Dranson Dollywell that reported this, that there's an internal understanding uh, with the Canucks that whatever return they get on these Pearson, Garland, Besser, uh, Myers, OEL, whatever, whatever they offload, including Besser, the return isn't going to be great. Like, remember, Bjorkstrand in Seattle went for a third and a fourth. Does Brock get you a third and fourth right now? Yeah, he does. Does he? For yeah. sure? Mm-hmm. You're, you're confident saying that. Here's, Who's giving up a third and a fourth to get Brock Besser? Uh, and hang we'll on. We'll get to it later in the Has show. Has the room to fit him in on their books. We'll get to it later in the show. Florida, Boston, uh, New York Islanders. 
Yeah. I'll explain it later in the show when we start to talk about the rebuild a little bit more. I got yeah. some players to bring up. Well, the, the main thing I want to talk about is just that, yeah, we're at this point now where the team's looking to offload salary cap, or like offload salary to free up some space, right? And they're looking at, you know, not getting the best of returns in order to do so. It just, like, your team you, you that... You can't just trade Brock for a fourth. Though. No. You, you have to take money back. Yeah. That's what, yeah, so like... Thinking that is you don't trade Brock Besser for a third-round pick and money. You trade Brock Besser for a first-round pick and money because of the value of them getting rid of that contract boosts yeah. Brock Besser's value in his own right. So because, I don't know, man. Like No, you're not trading it for bad money and only like a mid-round pick. That's not how bad yeah, money works so, in the NHL. Yeah, so how much bad money are you willing to take back? Well, the team, what you're hoping, you can take back a lot. Um, I think you can take back up to $6 million with Brock Besser's contract going the other way because the other team that's going to acquire Brock Besser isn't looking at him as bad money. They're probably looking at a player who has 15 points in 19 games and is going to hop into their top six yep. and be a guy that they use on their first power play unit, right? Like, that's what Brock Besser's potential is. And if he's healthy and he's playing good and probably has a new environment to have just a new look on the NHL, he's not going to return you. Like, think about it. You just mentioned, like, what does Brock get you, a third or a fourth? Not if you're attaching bad money to it. Sure. But, uh, you know, $4 million worth of bad money is in the territory of a second to first round pick. So you want bad money that expires at the end of this year. Sure, or next year. Well, next year. Because if you're returning it for, a, like, a good pick in a situation. Sure, but, but you have to have a plan. Because if the idea of, oh, let's get rid of Brock so we can free up space to sign Bo Horvat, hey, bud, that extension kicks in next year. They need that space next year. Yeah. So all of a sudden, your bad money that you're you know talking about them taking back, all of a sudden it becomes less valuable because it's only for one year instead of two or whatever, right? And again, but it's more valuable if you're taking a two year deal. That's what I'm saying. If you get a, a contract sure, on but, two years, but they're not going to do that if you're not going to be able to free either free up more or they should be freeing up more. They should absolutely, yeah. but. But again, it's just this cycle, right? Like they're going to well, then just get out of the cycle. Get out of the cycle of thinking that Horvat has to be resigned. And that's my right? point. That's yeah. my point. And it's been what I've been saying all along. And it's our next topic here: beginning the rebuild now and figuring it out. Have a plan. Make sure you know what that plan is, and every single move you make has that plan at mm-hmm. the front of your mind. Because right now, it's just it. It's not making sense. Like not none of this is making sense. Because like people are people are saying like. Oh, why? Why are you looking at trading Brock? Like he's going to get nothing right now. And like, yeah, like everybody knows that. But you want the cap space right now because look, like you and Harmon talked about it. Excellent, excellent job on Friday talking about how cap space is a valuable commodity in the NHL. And you look at a team like the Carolina Hurricanes, what they've been able to do with their free cap space. You're able to buy picks. You're able to get players that you know. Um, Teams kind of just can't squeeze in or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like, you have this space to do a lot of different things. And again, it's one of the most valuable assets, especially with how the cap is right now. And again, I know it's going to go up in a few years, but right now, like, it's funny that we're talking about, oh, well, the Canucks need to free up cap space because, like, they had some in the offseason. And I'm not even going to start with the whole, well, they were going to have some until Jim Benning traded uh, for Connor Garland and OEL in the last years of Erickson, Beagle, and... I don't even want to get into that. That may go down as one of the worst trades in Canucks history. Like, I think when you look back everything, when you look at, you know, the years, because I know people are going to say Cam Neely, but when you look at the years that are now being wasted with, with Quinn Hughes, Elias Pedersen, hell, even Bo Horvat to some extent, right? When you look at how much of a waste this is now, right? Like, they already wasted these guys on their ELCs. Yep. Now you look at it 
in the situation you're at now. And it's just that that has to be at least a top three worst trade in Canucks history. I think yeah. it might one be day we're going to get, uh, you know what? It's been in the outline for so long of me discussing uh, an OEL buyout. It's like, I, I even have the graphic made up. Alex is like, it's trigger finger. He wants to play it. We'll get it one day here when things slow down a little bit, but to transition to, yeah, the next topic here of beginning the rebuild. Now you talk uh, about sorry, trade. what I'm saying yeah. is they had cap space in the offseason and they went and signed Ilya Mikheyev. Yeah, I'm not exactly. saying that the Mikheyev signing sucks, but what I am saying is it's a signing that represents you in this mushy middle again of not being sure if you're competing or not sure if you're rebuilding. And I think it's That's clear, even with Mikheyev, this team needs to rebuild. Well, with moves like that and without a real plan in place for the yeah. fan base to dive into, when you make moves like that, that is the indication of somewhat of a plan is to be competitive and be winning team like winning right now. So you failed at so it. So it's hard to change four months in you know, four months away from free agency to make all these change like to make a change to what your plan was four months ago. To it's, a fundamental change in philosophy. It's hard for that it just it to to a lot of people who aren't there doing it as their job, it makes so much sense to make the change. But I wonder if there's I don't know, call it whatever you want, professional pride or whatever it is to be a general manager in this league or in upper management. They don't want to change the plan, it feels like. Like it, until we see it, my idea of the Vancouver Canucks is they want to make a playoff spot right now. They want to make a playoff spot, they want to sneak in as a wild card team. And, and you know, the same thing that Jim Benning told us all the time, like anything can happen. They can go sneak into a wild card spot and anything can happen. That's just, the way that I think this team's plan still is until they indicate to us that they're changing their ways. And I saw this law on Twitter, like people saying like it's been a year now, right? So 82 games of, of Bruce Boudreaux, 82 games of this new management group. Not much. Are different. they in are they in a better spot? I've heard people say, oh, they're in a like they're in a worse spot. You know, a little dramatic, but are they in a better spot than they were eighty two games ago? I don't think so. I don't think so. Eighty two games, they got a forty two, twenty seven, and thirteen record. That's ninety seven points. That probably gets you in the playoffs. So yeah, if they're playing on that or eighty two games, they're fifteenth in goals four per sixty, eleventh in the NHL at goals against. Uh, which is impressive at 5-on-5. Five five. You haven't seen much of that this season. I think a lot of that's from the numbers last year. Yeah. Here's the one stat that I wanted to bring up that I found interesting because I looked around just from the last 82 games for the Canucks. I wanted to see where they were like near the top of the league or near the bottom of the league. They're pretty average. Like Some stats, they're you know 10th in the league for whatever it be, power play percentage or something like that. Um, they're, they're obviously the worst team in the league uh, for penalty kill over since over Boudreaux's time. But here's the one that I thought was interesting, and it's something that we see on a consistent basis, so there's a good eye test backing up this stat. The Canucks are second worst in the NHL at high danger shots per 60 at 5-on-5. Five five. How often do we see that shot chart over on Natural Stat Trick, our friends over there at Natural Stat Trick? I, you see the heat map, and the Canucks are just taking shots from the point, taking shots from the wing, and other teams are just burying them with shots within five feet of the crease. That's what the Canucks haven't been able to do. And listen, I, I get that they have some good shooters, right? Like, you know, JT Miller can score from distance. Elise Pettersson can score from distance. Brock Besser can score from distance. A lot of their players can score from distance. But to me, like, seeing that they were the second worst team, only behind Seattle, who had a really poor season last year, obviously, that's the only team that was worse than the Canucks at getting high danger shots, doing the, the work to get to a net to get a scoring chance. The Canucks were the second worst team at that. And that's something that... You know, also defending against them, they weren't great either. And that's something that we obviously see. We see how how often other teams are just able to just take the crease from the Canucks and make that their zone. That's an unfortunate spot to be in. But I, I was a little surprised that this was one of the stats that popped off where they were top of the league or bottom of the league. And I wasn't surprised because I see it on a nightly basis with this team that, yes, they, they struggle to get to the crease. They struggle to get to the dirty areas. 
And that's just, to me, like that can come from a concept of just players wanting it. That can come from a concept of coaching. There's a bunch of different ways you can look at a team, why they aren't attacking the crease for more shot attempts. And listen, how often do we hear players say good things happen when they go to the net or when the puck goes to the net? It's like, it's, it's talked about a lot because it's very true. When you bring the puck towards the crease and you fire it towards the net, there's a good chance of you scoring the closer you are to the net. And the Canucks have been second worst in the NHL over this 82-game stretch at doing that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's almost like you, you're you running out of, and not you specifically, I'm saying everybody talking about the team, fans, media alike, it's almost like you're running out of things to say because you don't want to sound like a broken record. Like, I've seen the criticism. Like, people are like, well, I don't want to consume Canucks content if everybody's saying the exact same thing every single day. But you're looking at this team, and yeah, like, there's the Besser storyline. I get it. But again, you also don't want to blow that out of proportion, right? Like, yeah, it was an emotional time for Brock. It, it's been a roller coaster of a season for everybody. But Brock, you know, I think Brock probably hit his low and, you know, is coming up on his high in the in the matter of 48 hours, right? So, like, th- I guess my point is just that it feels like you're basically just running out of things to say about this team because we've been saying it for a while that, yeah, a rebuild is unavoidable. And again, like... I say rebuild, and I'm using that word very liberally because I, I mean, like, like the quads plan. We'll call it that, okay? okay. I'm going to lay out the quads plan for you. You've got Thatcher Demko injured, okay? This is going to give the Canucks a good chance to see what their team looks like without Thatcher Demko because Thatcher Demko, look, like he wasn't playing great to start the year. I get it. He wasn't playing great, but the turnaround was coming. He was playing well in that game, even in Florida. Like, that game, you know, I, I know he left after it was 3 nothing in the first period, but that was a pathetic performance in front of him. One of the worst. Even first the play he got injured, that was just like such... That was such Riley this, Stillman. Yeah, that was like, this is what this team's all about. Who's in the goal. lineup tonight uh, against Montreal, by the way? Looks to me, yeah. Yeah. Well, Burroughs... Yeah, we're not going to get into the lineup. Um, but 
my point is just that we've made this this idea that you know they have to make they have to rebuild at this point. It feels undeniable to us, but it's just like everything you're hearing is well, we're gonna wait and see. And again, like Mike McKenna wrote about it on Daily Faceoff that what they did to Brock Besser on Saturday night wasn't great. Uh, it's a good way to divide your locker room. It's a good way to piss off a lot of people in your locker room. And Saturday hey, morning, look, yeah. Um, you know, Jim Rutherford talked about how there's going to be consequences when, uh, if things don't turn around and you just pointed out that Brock's been the worst defensive player. I, I'm not justifying scratching when hockey fights cancer. Now. I'm not saying that. Yeah. Like that was, that was, that was what this team needed. It's, it's not, it's not, but what this team does need is some sort of shakeup. And Rutherford talked about accountability, talked about wake up calls and hey. People were saying, where's this accountability Rutherford was talking about? Because, you know, there's talk of, oh, well, you're going to get put on waivers. This is going to happen. This is going to happen. We're hearing all this stuff out of the Canucks locker room. None of it's happened. It's still the country club, right? So, again, I'm not trying to justify what happened with Brock, but I'm just saying this also kind of plays into that line of thinking that, hey, yeah, maybe this team did need a little kick in the pants. And, you know, you talked to Brock today. Brock doesn't want to ever have that happen again, right? And he's putting the onus on himself to be better. Again, I'm not saying that it was it was a smart decision by any means. I'm trying to applaud the organization for um, trying to scratch scratch Brock Besser on Hockey Fights Cancer Night. You'll never get that out of me when he had Dookie, his dad's name, on the back of his jersey, his warm-up jersey. When, that, when you saw that jersey and you didn't think he was going to be playing, that literally, I was just like, and I had the night off on Saturday, so I was just following along on Twitter. Oh, did I, you ever? I watched the game, <laughs> watched the game after. Um, but I was reading on Twitter, and I was just like, that's so Bush League. Like, that is that just makes you feel gross. It makes you feel dirty. It's awful. It was an awful, uh, awful thing to see. I'm glad he got to play. I, I'm glad he got to play. So, yeah. again, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this. I, I get, guess yeah, we'll get my to quads the- plan laid out. Okay. You see what your team looks like without Thatcher Demko. Friedman kind of threw this out there very quietly that, um, you know, the Canucks might look at moving Demko when he comes back. I think that's what he said. It was along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that. It's not a report, to be clear, for all you people that transcribe everything you on Twitter. You talk about like, some interest being around Yeah, there's, there team, is there's, interest I think what he Demko. said, well, there's a lot, of goal ten, a lot of teams that need a goalie. Yeah, and and hey, if you're the Canucks, like, I, I've said it before that I would, I would explore trading Demko because you have to figure out what you're doing. And I think Demko holds you back from getting a, you know, a really good pick in this year's draft, which is something this team should be getting. The quads plan hinges... On one, Arctur Seelovs being the second coming. Okay. Um, in all seriousness. Uh, I, I, back-to-back I starts on the weekend. Back-to-back starts for Seelovs. But in, in all seriousness, it, it hinges on the fact that you need to maximize your assets in this two- to three-year window so that you still have Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes still on board. Like, you need to sell them on a plan. And I, I think you could sell them on saying, hey, for the next two years, we're going to load up on assets and we're going to build a team built around you two. That's the quads plan, is build the team around Pettersson and Hughes offload basically anybody else you can. You've got horrible money on your books right now, but fill your lineup with guys like Luke Shen, Curtis Lazar, Kyle Burrows. That's the quads plan. Fill your lineup with these guys who want to be here and are good leadership guys for cheap. They don't pay a premium for leadership. That's against the quads plan. The quads plan is to get these guys like Shen, Burrows, uh, Lazar, get them in your lineup. I I don't care if they're not going to be first pairing defensemen, even though that's what Shen is deployed at as on this team. I would rather watch guys who aren't great that at least give it their all every single night. And I think that's all you want in a rebuild. Like, you look at the Montreal Canadiens, who the Canucks are going to play tonight. They're in a rebuild. They're fun to watch. Like, they're more fun to watch than the Canucks are. Mm -hmm. And, hey, they didn't really have a really, you know, 
trial period of just struggling, right? Like they offload Tyler Toffoli at the last deadline. They get uh, Kirby Doc, right? Like they're making. And they were smart... in the Stanley Cup final the year before that. Exactly. They didn't have this these dark rebuild years. Like if you can get to where the Montreal Canadiens are from from a Stanley Cup final appearance, right? To being a fun rebuilding team with a very bright future, which is what they are now. Within a year, you are not going to have Canucks fans being against that. You just aren't. Not with what they've been, sho- well, not with what's been shoved down their throats for the past ten years. You're not. You're not going to have problems with it. So all this talk of I don't know if Vancouver can handle a rebuild, it's baloney. I'm done. You, you well, wrap it up, man. That's the that's the tiring part about this. Like I'm tired of trade rumors flying around like it was tornadoes going through Nebraska in July. It feels like. It feels like, like, how many times do we have to hear rumors, right? Like, how often do we have to hear rumors before something actually happens here? And, I mean, listen, I brought, I do want to bring some names to the table here because you brought up, like, money coming back, right? Money coming back for the Canucks. So I want to look at a few different contracts that could be options for that, um, whether it be for Brock Besser, whether it be for Bo Horvat, because we talked about it with Harm on Friday. I did. You were feet up in the air drinking hot cocoa. Um, so what I, what we were doing, what we were working on Friday quads, which is the thing that you don't know much about, uh, we were talking about re- like the residual returns from making a trade and having cap space. That's why I'm talking about, you know, if you're taking money back, which a lot of teams are going to have to do to make a move for Brock Besser, you need to get a boosted return with the picks. That's why I'm saying you don't get, so I'll bring up a name, like Patrick Hornquist with Florida. You don't get a third in Patrick Hornquist. For Brock Besser, because that is a huge upgrade for a team to get Brock Besser in that situation for only a million dollars more. So Patrick Hornquist is the first name I want to bring up because Florida, I think, is in a spot where they want to add, right? They want to add before the playoffs, but they look at Hornquist, who has one goal and two assists in 22 games. He's averaging nine minutes and 16 seconds of ice time, and he's got $5.3 million on the final year of his deal with a mo- with a modified no trade of an eight-team list. So would the Canucks potentially be on that list? I don't know. Like the Canucks might be on a lot of team, a lot of players as eighteen lists. The way that they run, the way that Angels maybe look hey, at a lot, this a team. lot of players just cross off Canada. Yeah, that's true too. And and I don't know about Hornquist uh, if he's in that type of situation. So um, this is just an option. But at five point three million dollars on the final year of his deal, he's an option to look at because that basically, if you were to do that for Horvat. That's money in, money out, almost the same two hundred k difference, right? So you're getting a massive return. But that's the other thing that if the Canucks are going to have to move with money coming back, the value needs to even be even bigger. Like if you're moving Horvat for Hornquist, I think you're looking at like, you're looking at a first, a second, a prospect and something else. Like that is the type of return. If you're taking money back on a Horvat deal, you are looking for a first, second, good prospect and something else. That's what you should be. That's what the return should be. If you're taking like three to $5 million back. So that, because that takes away your opportunity to use the cap space in the Horvat deal. So you need to think about that with the trade. You need to think about the, what you can do with the cap space being part of the deal as well. Because if you're taking back money, that has value in its own right. Like, what would Florida pay just to get off a of Hornquist right now, who's got three yep. points in 22 games? They would have to pay a good, pretty penny to get off of that $5.3 million. Yep. So you, that needs to be in consideration if you're taking money back in one of these big deals. But that's why I think it makes so much sense for that. Another option, Josh Bailey. He's a different one because he's got two years. He's got this year and next year left. But he's making $5 million. And this is the thing that you're supposed to do with these type of players that maybe you don't have 100% confidence in when you make these deals is the final two years of his contract, only $3.5 million total salary. He has no trade protection. 
So Josh Bailey, if the Islanders want to make any bit of a push, or if we hear these rumors about Horvat to the Islanders, or you know, you start to hear the Islanders looking to add some scoring like Brock Besser, getting a chance to play with Matt Barzell, who all he does is assists on goal anyways, that would be a nice little mix there. Josh Bailey has no trade protection, $5 million this year and next. But like I said, only the 3.5 total salary owed per season. If you're taking that $5 million for this year and next, you you need to ask for a ton of picks because you're taking that money while giving them a player of value for your top for their top six. Like the trade should be massive. Anybody that's thinking like it's gonna be like Josh Bailey and a second round pick for Brock Besser, no chance. No chance it's that. Maybe not you're Josh not- Bailey, but Patrick Hornquist for a second. Uh, or excuse me, Patrick Hornquist in a second for Brock Besser, yeah. No, you you need more than that. You might think so. I don't know. You need more than that taking 5.3. If you're if you're the Florida Panthers and you can upgrade Hornquist to Besser with only $1.5 million dollars going more to your cap. I think you're discounting how Besser is viewed around the league and how his trade value currently is with how he's mm, played. No. And I, I don't there know. Teams would love to add Brock Besser to their top six. Good teams would like to add Brock Besser to their top six. A lot of the conversations jo- I've do you had. think Besser is going to want to have that fresh start somewhere and play the best absolutely. hockey of his career? I think I he's think going he to. Sure. I think he's going to. But then it, it goes. It, I think it plays more into the idea that um, the Canucks should probably just hang on to him and that, or hang on to him and build up his trade value a little, which is yep. what they are doing tonight with him playing with Elias Pettersson. That's exactly what they should be doing. You shouldn't tank a guy's trade value and then just sell him off as soon as his trade value is at zero. And that's what we've seen so much from the Canucks in the years past, right? Like, sell high. It's, like, so simple. And and again, like, people are people were joking with me when I was talking about this. They're saying, well, you know what's going to happen. He's gonna, They're going to do that, get his trade value up, and then they're going to sign him to an extension. No, because here's... No, they won't actually. It's a joke. I got to get back to you on what you're saying, because here's the other thing then. Okay, then trade Brock Besser for a third-round pick to whoever. Sure. Right? And then, now you have the cap space, trade for Josh Bailey and get a first plus. Sure. Because he's got... Now you're so getting that's what creative. I'm saying. So, it's like sure. these, so you need to balance what you're doing with the cap space more than anything in a trade in today's NHL. Yep. And that's what you should be doing with these trades. If you're taking money back, it has to be big value. Because if the Canucks just move Brock Besser for a Hornquist or a Bailey or Craig Smith, the other name I'm going to bring up in a minute here, if you're just moving Brock Besser for that and, and just to like give him, like just to get a little bit of a return, you're making a horrible mistake. You're making a horrible mistake moving it unless... Brock is just so uncomfortable in Vancouver that he has made it clear to his agent, which he has not. We've not heard anything about this. That's the only situation where this would make sense. If the player is just incredibly uncomfortable with Vancouver and needs a change of scenery that bad, which I don't think we're at that point yet. No, I don't think so. I think if you end like this, the value that you're doing, if it's money in money out, which seems to be the way that this trade has to go down to get Brock Besser to be traded. Cause not a lot of teams could just take on $6 million. It's not like the Arizona coyotes are going to start making a push this season or the senators feel like, sorry, Alex, but I don't think the senators are making a big push and adding Brock Besser to, to be the final yeah. piece. Actually, maybe they are. I don't know. Sens are, sends are a weird team too. Uh, but like with money in money out there, the trade value is so it needs to be different because if you're just taking money in, for another team getting a chance to put money out, there's so much value there. And that is the way that the trades are evolving in the NHL. And you need to be on the right side of the way that the evolution is happening because if you're just thinking old-time trades of a player coming in and a player coming out just so that they can balance their book, you're doing a team a favor doing this. Like, it would be ridiculous to to not have a good return with money coming back. Yep, absolutely. No, final, I, I let me get the final name well. in, too. I mentioned it. Craig Smith from the Bruins because I think the Bruins are going to be buyers as well. 
they're probably going to like to get off the Craig Smith's uh, $3.1 million. He's only played in 12 games this season. He's battled a shoulder injury. He's back and healthy now. But in those 12 games, he's averaging under 10 minutes ice time. He's making $3.1 million. No trade protection. Final year of his deal. He's battled the shoulder injury, like I said. Boston's going to want to get off the books for that. But, like, that's why I look at these teams. Like, I look at the Islanders, Florida, and Bruins, and I see these players that stuck out to me real, really stuck out as, like, if you're moving Horvat at the deadline or you're moving Horvat in the next couple months here or Besser, look at these three teams, look at those players, and look at getting a big haul back for the trade market. All three of those teams, Boston, New York Islanders, and Florida. I know the Islanders haven't had a good start to the season, but they think they're in win-now mode. Florida and Boston, look at those two teams, look at those two players, and get yourself a massive haul back because they, they need help up front. Both those teams need something to help boost their offense a little bit. Absolutely. And those players, I tell you, go for them. No, I'm glad you brought actual examples. It's good. Do you want to go to uh, poll quickly, question? Quickly, well, before we get to poll question, I just want to mention as well, Christian Wolanin, uh named AHL Player of the Week, 10 points in his last uh, four games. By Is the it way, Wolanin since, or Wolanin? It's both. Uh, ever since he's like, ever since Vasily Podkolzin got to the AHL, what does he do? Podkolzin creates a winning environment. All four games <laughs> they've won with Podkolzin in the lineup, uh, who scored the other night. So that was nice. But Will Landon's named uh, AHL Player of the Week. Quickly, let's just do the poll question quick. Okay, I'll get to it. Because we've talked about it a lot. Go for it. Can I get to the poll yep. question? Get now? it up, Alex. Get it up, Alex. Pull it up. Our poll question brought to you by the great folks at Atlas Goods. Go to atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 for 15% off your first order. Oh, yeah. Zero Alex. carb. Zero carb. Uh, delicious pop rinds. These are the best fresh pork rinds straight from your microwave or air fryer. Uh, CC15 is promo code there. Uh, locally owned and operated Atlas Goods. Our poll question today. As a fan, what are you looking forward to right now? The options today. Wins. I'll always cheer. A rebuild, please. Bo Horvat scoring goals. And as always, I'm angry. So far, 229 voters. Let's see what Alex goes with here. I said some bad things about the Senators. What's Alex going to Is he angry? <laughs> Well, Alex always votes honestly, and, no, and he Alex does is so a again today. Fan, and he always votes rebuild. <laughs> well, he's right. He, yeah. You know, Alex is uh, Alex votes honestly every time. Uh, uh, so we so far, start keeping track of how much Alex has nailed. He always picks the the best one. Well, he he understands. Alex is the Alex, voice of Canucks. Yeah, Alex is Vancouver okay. Canucks Twitter. So so far, the results uh, leading the way with sixty three percent of the vote is a rebuild. Please. Uh, shortly behind, second place is I'm Angry. Makes sense. A lot of fans are very unhappy right now with 18% of the vote. 11% say Bo Horvat scoring goals is what they're most looking forward to right now. And 8% say wins. I will always cheer. If you had to pick one, Chris. 8% of fanatics are saying wins. That's what they're cheering for for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. 8%. 18% I mean, of fans literally just selected hey, I'm Angry. Look. I understand, and how I, are the, how I, do you not make change? I I understand the eight percent where they're coming from. I, everybody likes wins. Everybody likes to watch a win. It's always a good feeling to watch a win. But I think after so many years, I think the general consensus, and obviously this poll kind of backs that. But everywhere, the Canucks Army comment section, mm-hmm. anywhere, um, you're seeing more and more fans just say like, "Do it right," because I don't want to keep watching this year after year. And by the way, we should let Jeffro know because I, I I remember Jeffro from the 650 inbox. Uh, the poll question, Jeffro, it's on Canucks Combo uh, on the Twitter yes. account for Canucks Combo at Canucks Combo. Uh, all one thing. And let can I can I respond to another reply in here? Sure. From Corey, 
from Corey Anderson, he said, but Faber, then you can take the $6.6 million, give both $3 million of it, and sign him for eight point five, and the rest in the coups, rest to Kuzmenko in a new deal. It's not just about the value coming back. It's also about what you can do with the cap room. Yes, but what you're doing there is just taking away Brock Besser from this team, which makes it worse. And then you're just giving that money to Kuzmenko and Horvat, who, yeah, like Horvat should have been paid before JT Miller was paid. That's pretty obvious up to this point in the season. And also, if they did that deal, they're probably not paying him 8.5. So to just like to, to invest in players at their height is what this team's done in the past, and it just hasn't worked out for them. So like you need to do something different instead of just thinking that this core is the right thing and that you're just going to be able to like add another Kuzmenko for like minimum value again from the KHL next season and just like find ways like you need to take this step back to keep to take a step forward. It's so clear with this team that they they can't take any more steps forward. They can't like, I'm like there's not a, like I'm at the point, like I've always wanted this. Like I want this team to be in the playoffs. I want to cover a team that's in the playoffs. Like I want the team that I grew up loving to be in the playoffs. I want the, like, I just want the Vancouver Canucks to be in the playoffs and make things fun again, better for business. And it's, yeah, and it's impossible for them to add anything. If you just keep doing that, like, and Corey replied, said, yes, but I don't want them to add. I want the team to hit the bottom and rebuild. If the way to hit the bottom is just like you, like you need to clear up that cat space and use it for something else, because that is going to be the best thing for the rebuild is having cap space. And I think you and Corey actually agree with each other. Yeah, I think we do, think. actually. I think yeah. I might have read his, I think you did. his first text <laughs> a little different. Like Corey, I think, Corey, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think what Corey's saying is basically just that, you know, if you're bringing something back, at least you're getting an asset, right? Which is kind of the whole premise of what you said. Sure, but cap space is the biggest asset in the NHL. Yeah. It's the best asset in the NHL. It is. And there are multiple teams that have it right now. So you need to use it if you have it. Like, the fact that the Coyotes aren't, like, just being, like, calling the... Calling every team, like all three of those players that I mentioned, the Florida Panthers, the Islanders, and the Bruins, the Coyotes should be on the phone calling them like, hey, what do you want to give up for us? And when that's happening, the Canucks need to be like, well, damn, you know, the Coyotes can do it. With these players without trade protection, they're just going to move them there. So the Canucks need to get on the call too. Like, get going here, man. Get That's why this rebuild, like, you got to start this rebuild now. You have to start it this season. It can't be like, let's wait and see what they do next year. It can't be any more wait and see. No. Okay, let's get to the bet and get out of here. Yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Go ahead. Oh, all right. Our betway bets of the day. Uh, was there anything else I wanted to cover? No. Uh, yeah, quickly, can I get this up, Alex? I'll sneak this in. Uh, no lines. Uh, let's get the EP2 thing up. I put it in there, Alex. Just quickly about Elias Pettersson. Great week of hockey for him for the prospects report. So I ran some of the numbers. Uh, his He played three SHL games last week. He was averaging 14.29 of ice time. Look at those possession numbers, if you can see on YouTube right here. Otherwise, I'll read them out for you on the podcast. A 57.8% Corsi over his last three games where he's playing nearly 15 minutes a night in the SHL as an 18-year-old. Listen to this stat. 64.4% of the expected goals going his way right now in the SHL. Like I said, playing just shy of 15 minutes. Hell of a job for the 18-year-old. He's going up. I got to change my uh, my stonks uh, meme, put his face in there, at least Pedersen. So we'll move that around. Okay, let's get to the Betway bet uh, of the day. We'll wrap things up quick. Got a couple quick bets, obviously, about tonight's game. Uh, Montreal facing off with the Canucks here in Vancouver. 7.30 start. Give your head a shake, NHL. Uh, so we got Montreal and Canucks. I got the total power play goals being over 1.5. You can get that at plus 115 right now over on Betway, 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 Betway. Uh, so over 1.5, that means you need two power play goals minimum in this one. Yeah, $10 is going to return you twenty one fifty. I mean, Montreal's last game, there was five total power play goals scored between the teams. So 
Uh, Canucks like to score in the power play. They also seem to like getting scored on against on the power play. Um, so we'll see. I think we'll see a couple tonight. So I'm feeling good about that plus 115. Uh, and then I put Miller and Kuzmenko either or to score in the game at minus 143. So $10 will return you 17 on that one. Uh, and it's just either or. Either Miller or Kuzmenko to score. Kuzmenko, uh, he's moved down the lineup. So this uh, this was – I made this bet before – uh, before today's lineup came out with Brock Besser playing in the top six. And Kuzmenko, by the way, playing down. We didn't even touch on it. Kuzmenko playing with Dries and Garland on the third line uh, as Besser moves up to play with McKay and Pedersen. I apologize. We should have talked about the lines a little bit at some point in the show. But Alex had, him up, had him up, like, uh, Alex had him up there a little bit. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so people on YouTube can close it out here. We'll talk um, about it tomorrow. We'll yeah. talk about it tomorrow. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Hoglander's still playing with Horvat and Miller. We'll talk about that. Uh, but, yeah, that wraps it up. Our bets uh, of the day, all that fun stuff. Betway, 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 Betway. Okay, Bet we'll way. wrap it up there. Right, yeah, me and my Betway. For my co-host, Chris Faber, Betway, Betway. Uh, and our technical producer, Alex Lard. my name is Dave Quadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Enjoy the game, folks. Betway! Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation, delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.